Good morning. So today we celebrate All Saints Day, except for the designated principal feasts of our eternal liturgical year, Easter and Christmas. I believe this is my favorite. Alleluia's everywhere. I love it. This celebration is of the people who responded with affirmation to the call of Christ to bring all people to God through him. We celebrate those Christians who are named on our church calendar and those who are not. We celebrate and remember those members of our Trinity Church family who have died this past year. We miss them, but we know death does not have its final say. In the celebration, I would like to share with you now an experience I had downtown in the library this week. I happened to be working near the genealogy room and came across old telephone books. (laughs) They were shelved in the room with the mystery books. Anyway, um, I'm always one to travel down a rabbit hole. I perused the shelves that held the brittle, crackled, brownish-looking books that sported local advertising and labels printed in white lettering that said Naples City Directory and posted the year. Always a little curious to see if my pioneer surname is listed, I proceeded to thumb through these books dating to the 1950s to the mid-2000s, but actually I was looking for something a little bit different. There was a time in my childhood that my very best friend in the whole wide world, Danny Frazier, and his family moved to Naples. It's hard when your friend with whom you go to school with and church and with whom you spend afternoons making forts and vacant lots when he moves away. This is especially true if there aren't many children in your neighborhood, as was the case in Siesta Key, just off of Sarasota, a little bit north of here. Like Naples, at one time, most folks who moved to Sarasota were there to retire, not raise more children. It was the summer of 1970-something or other, and my mother, Jean, and his mother, Barb, arranged for us to be able to spend a week or so together. I brought my beautiful bike. It's dark green and blue, embedded with glitter so that Barb did not have to cart us everywhere. All the cool bikes then sported a banana seat. Remember? Naturally, I thought Naples was the best because you could ride your bike downtown. That simply was impossible in Sarasota. And of course, to us, downtown was Fifth Avenue. And there was a 7-Eleven pretty close by to get a cold cherry or, um, co- or Coke uh, Slurpee. We could hop on our bikes and go swim at the beach, take a detour to the 7-Eleven, and get home for lunch by about 1 o'clock. Naples was a little sleepier then, with a whole lot less traffic. But I digress from my rabbit hole. <laughs> I thumbed through several of the phone books looking for Danny's parents' names, thinking that quite possible quite possibly I could find them, and then of course my friend also. I also looked for Henry and Mary Watkins, I found them, along with um, I believe a member of President Coolidge's family. Interesting. I was a little doubtful I would find Danny's parents, Jerry and Barb, because one critical year was missing from the stack, and that was about the time I visited. But I kept looking for the appropriate range of books, and there they were, Jerry and Barb, black and white. 
I found a written connection to people I once knew who moved on to greater glory with saints, both known and unknown. I took a picture of the page with my iPhone and later drove to the address on 11th Avenue South. Of course, the one-story ranch has been replaced by something far larger. During our Wednesday morning Eucharist and Thursday Evensong, Trinity by the Cove remembers those saints who have contributed to the life of the church throughout the ages. Named saints remembered begin with our martyr Stephen, whose death was aided by Saul of Tarsus, whom we know as Paul, of course, and who also is a saint. In both cases, their devotion to Christ required the full measure of their earthly lives. At, as time passed and Christianity became legitimate, the days of martyrdom passed, and through the centuries, the church began to recognize the builders of the faith and those who added to the understanding of God through Jesus Christ. People like the theologian St. Augustine and mystics like Julian of Norwich, others included those who built the church through ministry to the poor, such as St. Clair of Assisi, and a little closer to home, Sister Constance and the martyrs of Memphis, who died while caring for the poor and sick during the yellow fever epidemic in 1878. Other saints spread the gospel to those who did not know the good news of Jesus, such as the apostles, and later Aidan of Linda's Farm in Northumbria, England. Of course, these saints represent only a few names and examples of the many forms of contribution to the church over the centuries that our saints make. With our liturgical observances, we are given the gift of so many saints who came before us as models of how to follow Christ. Their stories are our inheritance in Christ. Their lives and words are treasures to encourage us and spur our imaginations in love and service on our journey um, of our life in Christ. Indeed, these saints seem larger than life. But let's go back to the little church of the first century in Ephesus. There was no ecclesiastical hierarchy like we know now to um, determine who should be a saint. In today's epistle, Paul remembers all those people in Ephesus who are the people of church, those people baptized and marked by the seal of the Holy Spirit. The Greek word for saint is hagias, those who are holy, set apart by God. They are believers in Jesus, living in community, who are part of the body of Christ, as this Pauline letter defines for us today. They are more in line with the saints of you and me and of Jerry and Barb Frazier, respectively the store manager and the hospital floor nurse who attended church on Sundays and cared for their family and their customers and their patients the other days of the week. All three of today's readings enlighten the aspects of this holiness. Daniel, with all its fantastic revelatory visions, tells us the holy ones are set apart by God, the Most High, who shall receive the kingdom forever. And through the people, and though the people of the church of Ephesus are Gentiles, Paul draws upon the apocalyptic vision of Daniel of the holy ones of the Most High. Those people are set apart. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians and for us is that God gives the saints the spirit of wisdom so that each soul can know the depth of God, his power, and his love. He also says that 
we receive information or revelations on insight to know God more intimately each and every day. And finally, he says that they may know what God is calling them to do. That is his prayer. All this so that they know their calling, the hope which God has promised, and the benefit of that glory of life everlasting in him. Such riches our Lord has promised the saints who are all called, all baptized, sealed by the Holy Spirit. Christ sent by God is the ruler and authority under whom all things are to be placed in proper order between the age, this age, and the age to come. And that order is set in our gospel reading today. As followers of Christ, holy ones set aside are to do the unexpected, to reverse the sad fortunes of this world, the wages of sin, including hunger, poverty, hatred, fear, sadness, grief. Jesus instructs us if we are to inherit the kingdom of God, we as a congregation of the faithful must love our enemies, do good to those who despise us, bless us, bless those who curse us, and so on and so forth, in such a way that our acting well towards one another, our loving the neighbor, we reject sinful human impulses and the worldly culture of reciprocation, of blatant disregard of vulnerable people. We are to go beyond what is required by doing more, not just giving your coat, but your shirt also. As a body of Christ, Christ's instrument of reconciliation with our God, we are to give and keep giving. We are to keep talking about God's redeeming work to bring order to the chaos caused by human sin, by sending Jesus to unite us together in the love of God. And we can't stop doing it until Jesus comes back. So that's why we celebrate our saints. We are the beneficiaries of an unbroken web or a rather loose but unbreakable woven cloth of holy people who have shared their lives with the church and who are still with us. And as Father Edward says so well, they are still with us, but changed. This past week, just down the street in the library on Central Avenue, I entered a thin space where I encountered people I loved as a child for a brief moment. And that brief moment lasts forever from age to age. Memories and feelings and details of my life flooded my body and my mind in such a way that I could experience my friend Danny, his parents, Jerry and Barb, my parents, Joe and Jean, in a new way, as the words written in black ink in a fragile old phone book joyfully thread their presence of the saints I knew in my childhood. I also thought about the child, Danny, who now goes by the grown-up name, Dan. <laughs> He's retired in Inglewood. I, the thought never occurred to me that I would encounter a sacred moment such as this in the public library while looking for a book to borrow. So celebrate all the saints and love them as they love us. We are the body of Christ, tasked with showing Christ to the world. As the holiness of the Hagios, the holy one set apart by God, our work is to keep being the church so that through Christ all things continue to be put in its proper order to the glory of God.